You are now listening to The Jason D'Amico Show. Greetings, folks. Welcome back to The Jason D'Amico Show. And we are here um, uh, Zooming, obviously, with a good buddy of mine up in New York City. And we, we met in a, an interesting chain event or sequence of events. We'll get into that in a second. But our guest, our very special guest, the host of the Goliath podcast, He's an actor with Innovative Artists and is the producer of his own television series, Juco. He's based in New York City, where he is working and connecting with other artists. Please welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris. And is it Frigo? Yeah, perfect. Frigo, Frigo. that's it, yeah. yes. Uh, for me. Good, to, good to see you again, man. Now, for those who are not uh, familiar with our friendship and, and us, you know, knowing each other, good old good old audition you know new york city street corner trying to get into the building action uh, yep. Yep. uh back a little bit pre-pandemic right 2019 i think yeah yeah this is a while ago actually just about two, not... almost two years ago now right yeah. yeah yeah i've been i've been keeping up with you since keep holding on to all your stuff honestly yeah yeah it, all the music what, a, what a great way to connect uh <laughs> and then we went your your previous apartment hey man come on up let's have a beer let's, yeah. let's talk some industry whatever and yep. uh nice nice you're still down kind of in the wall street area right yeah yeah uh i remember i was actually waiting for my girlfriend at the time because um that's right I, that's right yep i was waiting for her and i was like sitting there and i'm like man i ain't got shit to do and then you were like you're like yeah i think you were waiting to get a car out of the city and I was like i was like man i, I remember just talking about the audition with you and then because we had to do the bit together you that's that? right yeah, they made us do a little improv scene together. And then so we left, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have a beer. I literally live behind the place. So Wall yeah. Street audition, yeah. which aren't I haven't done too many down here. So that was like one of those rare few. But, yeah, yeah it's a good time, though. Well, let's get into it, man. Um, I, you know, we know a little bit about each other from right. that uh, in-person conversation, really enjoyed it. And then, you know, staying kind of like Instagram uh, DM pals and text yeah. pals and whatever. Uh, but would love to hear your beginning stages on how you got into the industry. I know you started uh, from the southeast, yeah, uh, or south, almost kind of like west to a certain degree. Uh, well, yeah, would love to just hear kind of how you got into it. Good deal. All right. So, uh, once again, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Start start there with gratitude first. Absolutely. Leading gratitude. Um, but yeah, like so, I, I was born in New Orleans. Um, moved over to Mississippi. My mother is from Mississippi. My father is New Orleans, born and raised, uh, city of jazz. And uh, so go over yeah. to Mississippi, raised there, played football my entire life, all the way up till college. Uh, studied broadcasting, broadcast communications. So uh, I get my degree from Ole Miss, and I'm immediately done with football, and I'm kind of like you know, losing all this lineman weight. I was like 320 pounds. I don't know if you could believe it. Wait. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I probably no, should put that in the bio. No, 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 well. no, yeah. no. Wait a minute, dude. You got to send me some pictures. I'll, I'll show you the photo. Wait, what? how tall are you? Like 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah, yeah. I'm about 6'2". And uh, so, dude, funny story. Actually, if we're going to go there with this, I'll, I'll tell no, you. No, we got it. <sighs> I would have never guessed in a million years, man. We got to go there. We got to go there. Yeah. So I kind of oddball how it ended up because, I mean, literally, like, I was probably the truest form of a Southern football player. Holy I was crap. eating anything that you put in my face, uh, like quite literally nine meals a day. I, uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't, 
yeah yeah it's crazy it's nuts so Yo. school i went straight to this place called uh university of louisiana lafayette the raging cajuns fun fun place went there for like a year to like kind of learn college football on that level got offered us another scholarship at a junior college which is kind of like the in-between before going to the next level yeah i go to junior college i get up to like 300 pounds then i get more offers for uh division one football like Troy navy for, like, all all over just were you like, trying were you trying to go to nfl no i don't i just kind of wanted to play i guess big stadium football that's gotcha. it you gotcha. know maybe yeah. sec and uh okay. and so you know you had to be big you, you had to be big <laughs> obviously so here i am six foot two 300 pounds and then you know the next offer is like hey man you know you can come play here but you got to be 320 so I'm like, all right, you know, I can gain another 15 to 20 pounds. So I go to sign with this school called UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, which plays Alabama yearly. They, they're a great football program. It just so happens the one year. I mean, this is how weird. I, I took this as a sign of God, though. Like, so I get up to 320, and uh, the, coach call, like, this, the coach calls a meeting with the players and uh like this mom randomly calls my my house and calls and gets on the phone with my parents and it's like this random mom like you gotta imagine she's like hey um I'm, I'm seeing online that your sons are signing with this program and that's that's great congratulations plot twist uh they're canceling uab they're gonna just do away with the program i mean this is a division one football program yeah right. huge school so i was going there to study great school actually. so she was like giving her a heads up Heads up, just straight up called our house, cold wow. called us. So um, me and my brother, like, we're like laughing. We're like, no, there's no way. We already committed, whatever. Get online. They literally cut the program while we're like signing. I kid you not, not even joking. Wow. So, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss calls my brother and they're like, hey, like, you know, we still want you to come play football here at Ole Miss. Bring your brother with you. Let's, let's have y'all here. So immediately I'm like, this is weird. Like, this is very strange that that happened during this point in my life where like, I'm like transitioning to the next stage. Yeah. I go see my doctor like that same week and I get on the phone with him and he's like calling me and he's like, Hey man, we, we got some of your like, you know, test work back, whatever. We're just gonna let you know right now. Uh, you getting up to 325 is going to be like kind of dangerous for like your height and weight and the way you're doing it. So it tells me that. And uh, immediately I'm just kind of like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign from God, like all this is happening in the same week. So I kind of shifted away from football completely and just kind of was like, you know what? I'm dropping this. Uh, I'm just going to be a regular student. My brother's six foot five. So he's naturally a bigger guy. Right. I just kind of let him take the reins for football and then um, kind of shifted to Ole Miss studying just stri strictly uh, broadcasting. Came all the way down in three months to uh, like the normal 200 pound weight. And then, uh, yeah, just. Dude, what? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You saw me. I think I was at like 195 when I, when I saw you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so odd how that happened. But um, my senior year, I'm, I'm like studying broadcasting, and my sister's like, come chill in New York. You know, I got this place. Come try to figure some a job out here. Right when I show up, Innovative signs me like within that like week. It's kind wow. of weird how that happened. Yeah, so then I moved to New York City and just started working there immediately, started making really good money, and then – getting like little gigs on the side and then they right. got me trained up to like actually go on film, you know, commercials and everything else. So it kind of like worked out perfectly. Cause I don't know. I like fell in love with it. Like immediately, like just yeah. New York city going out and um, competing. I don't know. It was, it was awesome. So. That's wow. 
I, I got to say, man, out of all the stories, yeah, yeah. we've had over 100 of them so far. Yeah. That's one of the craziest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very odd. Uh, and, dude, let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you what's even weirder. You go to a place like Mississippi for, like, school, and then you get dropped right into Soho, New York City. <laughs> Culture you, shock. You can, you can imagine, like, what it's like. Like, your wardrobe, your – everything you're doing is just, like – like, I mean – 180 completely like yeah. my friend group turned into like guys who had studied at Parsons who you know were introduced to like you know fashion like early on and musicians such as yourself like I was meeting like left and right you right. go to a cafe you're constantly talking to people who are you know working their ass off and like design things like that so complete 180 so yeah that's know. incredible yeah uh, it was great though it, it was it, it kind of opened you up in like so many different ways. You were just kind of like, whoa, like this is, this is life on this end of the country. You know, this is, right. this is how they do things. Right. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, it's while we're talking about innovative. Um, yeah. I've had uh, obviously great relationships with, with them for the last, well, it's over 10 years now. Yeah. Cause I was with them as a kid. So, um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about you know the, the acting in general yeah. in the industry because I know that was one of the things before we started uh, taping. That was that was one of the 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 main things that we wanted to discuss. And yeah. sure you have a lot of valuable expressions and ideas that you could shed light on for uh, some of the young, especially now with the way the industry is changing right. I mean, every day. Uh, let me let me start with this. I mean. Uh, how what what is the biggest difference you think now compared to pre-pandemic the biggest difference from i mean if we're if i'm specifically going to talk on television film sure. and commercial sure. so um outside of that you're, you're talking like you know broadway stage things like that i, I could right. not tell you anything that's going on. I have friends who work in stage and it's, it's, uh, it's tough, but, um, you know, as you know, Broadway's kind of shut down right now, but right. when it comes to television film and, uh, commercial acting, as we know it today in New York city, it's a lot of this, what you and I are doing right now. Um, all of the auditions for the last eight months that I've done have been some sort of zoom ch chat type of ordeal where they let you sit in a frame and, uh, wait for your turn. And then right. when the screen's thrown to you, they bubble you in. You're, you get, you kind of like see other guys looking just like you uh, in a lot of different ways, like floating around. And then they just <laughs> call your name and boom, you've popped in, you know? So have uh, you been on any in-person auditions up there since? Not one. Wow. All, wow. Okay. So I did UPS. I did uh, like this kind of like a, a knockoff Amex, like this like Spanish card. And I did this other uh, one uh, just recently, but it, all of them, all the, and all that's remote. like, yeah, all remote. And all of them have been kind of like, um, Hey, be at the zoom chat at three 30, you know, yep. have your, have your little setup with your light. And, um, and if I could give anybody advice on that, that note, it's have that part down. Yep. Above all else. I mean, Quite literally, they are looking at your your backdrop, like inspecting it before you even start the actual audition. You know, that yeah. would be a huge piece of advice that I wish I had right when the pandemic started because I had to get that situated like ASAP. 
you know, and, and thank God for innovative telling me, you know, Hey, let's, let's fix up your little display, you know? So, um, and then the blue black backdrop, I don't know if you've been using or not anything like that. Uh, have you been doing that one? Um, I, I, we've usually just used white. Yeah. For the most part, uh, it's neutral and it's, uh, it's working. Yeah. So I, I, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, no, please elaborate more on. I've I've heard a little bit about it. Uh, talk talk a little bit about it. The, the so black. so um, you know, just just to give you a baseline. I mean, th- this isn't like an over expensive setup that I'm using. You know, sure. I don't want I don't want to uh, portray any of this to an actor as you know. This is out there. This is something that you can't practice on your own. I, yeah. I never want to be that guy who's going to say I'm doing these elaborate things that you can't do because that's that's not the case. All right. The blue backdrop was literally 20 bucks online. Um, it's the only reason I had had it was uh, because some a lot two or three actresses came to my page that we were in the actual Zoom together. They were supposed to be my girlfriends, and I was on one side with three guys, and they were on the other side with like six girls. You know, so then they would read with you, and then at the end of the audition, um, I don't know how they were like all linked together, but two of them had found me on Instagram, and one of them had said something about the blue backdrop and they're like hey we're just gonna let you know um all the classes we've gone to for like seeing castings and cds and things like that they've required a blue um, backdrop could just be nonsense but you know that's what we're seeing more and more when it comes to self tapes so then i switched so yeah that was working i think so i i think uh i told you know mickey told mickey about it and you know he agreed he was like yeah we're we i mean if you go into innovative which i know for a fact you have and they put you in that little room to do a self-tape within the studio. Years ago, man, 10, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you go in the sound room? Dude, I think they were in a different building or a different really? floor when I did it. Yeah, this is, this is probably when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like 13, 14, 15. Yep. Almost 15 years ago. Yeah. Yep. So, and, but uh, yeah, I, I could imagine it was probably blue with, you know, glass in the background all these like foam sound pit things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start thinking about it. You're like, you know what, if they're sending, you know, uh, castings to professional CDs and this is how they want it looking, maybe I should note these types of things. It's you know? an so, industry standard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, that is, that, that would be a huge piece of advice that I kind of, kind of, you know, just a little tidbit that maybe somebody could take from, you know, that's but great. Be ready. Be ready for those zoom chats. Cause Oh Yeah. I don't see those going anywhere anytime no, soon. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was, I was doing a uh, voiceover uh, class a couple or last week, and I mean, we already knew this, but it's, it's always interesting hearing it from the the CDs out there and yep. uh, the agencies and all that. And like, yeah, uh, toothpaste is out of the container, cats out of the bag, it's not going back. Um, there's also. Uh, there, there's a program, something source. I can't remember the name of it, but that's huh. that's also another huge platform. Yeah, I, I have the notes somewhere, but it's it's Connect Source or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but huh. yeah. So it, it's all remote. Everything is yep. remote. Yep, everything's remote. And, uh, that's that's one of the reasons where I, I think you're seeing more actors and actresses kind of ditch out in city, which I, I'm not gonna you know, hold it against anybody. They want to go and, you know, like do it remotely fly in for their castings. And, you know, if they get to that next level, mm-hmm. they can't do that, you know, mm-hmm. but um, 
but you know, it is what it is. Get used to <laughs> doing yeah. this. You know, this is, this is going to be kind of like the future of casting. I think for the next uh, few months, at least, you know, maybe the next year, I don't know. So well, let, let's talk about the, uh, the auditioning process then. I'd love to get your take on it. Uh, I've got a buddy of mine that was on the show uh, actually a few days ago and he's out in LA and, and we were talking about, you know, whenever, whenever we have a fellow actor on or actress, I love getting their take on the audition process because right. it's a completely different skill set. Yeah. And we'd love to hear your opinion on maybe some hurdles that you jumped over, uh, some challenges along the way, some things that work, some things that don't work, or you know, just your your general opinion on it and and how to how to be successful in it. All right. So so first and foremost, uh, this is what any and all uh, casting directors are going to tell you. Um, if, if you like those classes I'm, that you've been to, that I've gone to as well, uh, first and foremost, you need to know the material that they're giving you back and forth. I yeah. mean, uh, that's, that's quite literally the best piece of information you're going to get. I'm never going to tell an actor, like if they're going into an audition, like, you know, just skim off the paper or whatever. Cause you, you seem to find actors who think they can just like wing a lot of things that they're going to do in the casting room and they'll just lose it completely. But, um, the baseline for, commercial acting i mean even like film work television all that stuff you're going to do if you don't know the material they're going to give you they will immediately toss your page like I'm, right. they're just they're just going to avoid it so that would be the baseline spend all of your time knowing it to the point where you know if your line was i hate you you could say i hate you in nine ways till sunday you know what yep. i'm saying like yep. know that back and forth that yep. that needs to be the baseline for going forward once you have that down i would say um you know, definitely setting up that, that Zoom chat to where you don't look like an idiot and you're doing it into your bathroom, you know, obviously have some, you know, professionalism. Cause I've, I've been in the chat room with a guy in the corner who, you know, I could see he, he was in his bathroom and he's just in there for sound quality, I guess, or something. I don't know. I don't know what his technique was, but yeah, guy was in his bathroom doing a, a you know, a video chat. And then, so I would say that those two things just out of the gate, knowing what that material is back and forth to where when you go in there, you know, you've got an idea for what you're getting yourself into, you know, and they will test you on it like six or seven times. And if they give you direction, run with that 120%. Okay. So like, for instance, if your line was, I was like, Hey, Mr. D'Amico, come on in. And you know, your line's going to be, uh, you know, I, let's stick with, I hate you. And you're like, Hey, all right, Chris, I, I hate you. And I'm like, you know, I need that with more anger. I would want you to do that with like high intensity anger, you right. know, overdo it. To right. the point where they tell you to tone it down. Right. You know, so, you know, you, you really take in the direction and actually showing them that, you know, in the future you can be, you know, kind of like molded in a way. Cause that's yeah. what we were doing. You know, they're, they're taking an actor and they're molding him for a scene. You know, you're, you're, you, you only have so much creative um, kind of like ability on, on a set, you know, they're going to want you for what you did in that, that test room or whatever they, they had you read and that's it. You know, um, they're in the initial stages, there's not a whole lot of creative ability, you know, so don't, don't get overly bought in on the character either, you know, keep right, the baseline, right. but then also be susceptible to like kind of changing what you came into the room with, you know, that's are, great. That's great. Huge. And I think people need to understand, like, depends on the project because certain projects, you are going to have a little bit more flexibility, right? Some you're not. And you got to know, you got to know what job, what hat, what hat you're wearing right. for projects. That, that's great advice, man. 
Yeah. And you know, you want to use this stuff too. You know, you want to, you want to get that tape back and wherever it's being used, that commercial tape, they're on reel and you're using it again. So, you know, you want to, to, you know, be that guy who, who kind of like did his part, you know, use that part, made some good connections on set. It's the third thing I would tell you, once you do get that thing, just start, you know, warming up to other actors, seeing what yep. they're doing. Cause that's stay connected, work together, collab. I think that's hey, what this whole thing is It's happening about. right now. We, yeah. I, I didn't get cast for that part. I don't know if you did, but we were connected because right. we chose to stay connected. And that's, that, that's more than half of it. I think that's like all of it. That's the whole yeah. point. Yeah. Cause dude, to be honest with you, like the, the, and not to shift into the actual project that I'm, I'm working on, but no, please do. You know, uh, the, the, the show that I'm shooting is all from actors that I, I met on different sets from, you know, Atlanta, from New Orleans, from New York, uh, screenwriters that I had met from short videos that I'd done, you know, uh, producers that, you know, I had met around the city, you know, uh, different, you know, people that just came into my life at little times. I just, I just held on to, it. I was like, you know what, you know, give me some advice on this. And then they wanted to give me more. They were just like, Hey, you know, do this with your project, do this, do this, you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's all my, my production value has become, you know, people I've met on sets and right. all around New York, you know? So well, let's talk about the uh, podcast real quick. Okay, cool. Uh, Glive podcast and uh, how, how you started it yep. and uh, kind of the mission statement and, where folks can find it. And we'll have that information. You can send me the links. We'll have it yeah. in the description box below or Absolutely. to the side. Yeah. So, so to give you a baseline on, on, on uh, Goliath podcast, that was specifically started um, to talk about people who had influenced uh, artists that I wanted to meet and kind of collab with like you, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would invite an artist like Jason D'Amico and say, you know, <laughs> give me, give me somebody who influenced you in, in a way. And let's talk about how that, you know, kind of bled over to your work, you know? Right. And then that, those conversations just kept building and building and building. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I, I dated a, a girl who, who was uh, big with influencing as well. And she actually introduced me to a, a ton of different artists who, you know, wanted to talk and they were doing podcasts and, you know, I just noticed podcasting was just a great way to just collab, just to meet people, give somebody a oh, platform. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know? So, you know, that's, that's what I, I wanted it to be, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Tell me about your mentors. Tell me what, you know, inspired you to be who you are today. You know, I'm, I'm drawn to your art. So how, how is that? You know, who, who, who gave you that, that push to create, you know, that, that Goliath, that person who was kind of like the standard and then that you were just so drawn to and that you almost imitated in some ways, you know? So that's how Goliath podcast kind of started. Yeah. I Very think it's cool. kind of similar to like what you, you do as well. You know, you yeah. collab and you're talking to different artists and, yeah. uh, you know, so you've got to, yeah, it's, always, it's always interesting learning. I mean, well, think about the story that I had no idea about the football. Uh, I had, I had no idea about that. Yeah. You know, that's Man. so unique. Yeah. Cool. Football was, was crazy too. Cause you, you know, you, you can imagine those characters versus like what you see, you know, in, in, the the you know the arts you know being an actor so it's it's like night and day you know but i will tell you this though this this is the biggest thing you can take from being a college football player i'll tell you this though this is the the apex of it all you get really thick skin you get that man thick it's like it's like military it is yeah like like there's things that i was told during playing you know playing college football that you know i wouldn't want people to say around my own mother you know but like 
You right. know, I go to a casting room and I see somebody fall apart in a casting room and I'm like, brother, I, I've seen hell. And let me tell you, this is nothing compared to like, like, you know, like I've seen, okay, for instance, I, I read for Law and Order SVU or whatever. And I remember being in the room and this kid, like, you know, I, he, he doesn't follow me or anything like that. So I don't think he's ever going to hear the story. <laughs> he, had a, he had a complete compl- collapse in the, in the room and he forgot his line. So he just starts crying in front of the casting oh, director. Shit. So we're all in the room and he's having a breakdown. So, you know, they just paused. They couldn't shove him out of the room. So they obviously let him do, you know, his thing. And so he's trying to murmur the words and, you know, he just falls apart and then finally just rushes out of the room. But, you know, the casting directors are like, all right, who's next? You know, like keep it going. But, uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I could ever see myself like breaking at this point just because I just always think back to those days where you're waking up at, four in the morning to go get on an ice cold field and run sprints. And, you know, it's nonstop for three hours and you've got some military guy, you know, screaming in a horn and, you know, that's your Monday, you know, (laughs) you're not done with your day till eight o'clock at night. You know, you, you've got classes and then you've got study hall and then you've got to go eat nine meals a day and then you got to go lift and then you got to come back and do it all over again for, you know, years. So like at, at some point you're like, I, I'm null to a lot of things now, like things that people say, things that people do. I'm just kind of like, okay, like that's, that's, that's great. You, you know, so, that's great. Yeah. I, think I mean, to get that, that early, you know, <laughs> I mean, some yeah. people you'll get it. I, like I, I, I kind of got that through. Um, it, it, I don't know if this is really, I, I don't know if this, if this is completely in tandem with what you said, but, I mean, I, the adversity that I've had, like, well, in general, adversity, I think is very good. The earlier you can get it, the better off you are. Oh, yeah. And it comes in different ways, you know. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not even going to go down that road. It, let's, let's just keep it to adversity. It's, it's essential because anybody who doesn't have that, that baseline – of oh yeah like this is a joke compared to what i've been through or if i got through this then i surely can get through this and you have that track record that's invaluable man oh yeah that's invaluable and and it it really keeps that perspective intact yeah i I, like hate to say this too because um it's almost an advantage or it's a complete advantage i think yeah Oh, definitely, dude. And and look, like that first year, like, you can Google him if you want. There's this man, and he he literally is like, like I have guys I play football with who are gonna know his name. They're gonna twitch a little bit because he was he was a nightmare. His name was Rusty Wit. And if you Google him, there's photo shows up of him literally taking a man's helmet and breaking, kind of like scratching his his skull on it, bleeding during a football game. He was just a, he was like a psycho, but he was a green beret. So everything you did during the the training course was green beret style like right. literally military you know you right. put a gas mask on and you would go climb stadiums when it was like you know in lafayette louisiana it's 120 degrees oh my god so you you would have people like falling out you know just throwing up on themselves and just passing out and like you know trainers would run in with ice baths and you would see people just dropping like flies like and we're not talking about you know passing out to have a nice little nap we're talking about like borderline heat stroke right know? Right. So, uh, you know, and this is during the same time where two days had just been scratched off of being borderline illegal. You know, you can't do two days anymore because a few kids had died, you know, from heat stroke. Right. So this is during that time. And you starting to realize like, 
we, our bodies aren't supposed to be doing two a days. We're not supposed to be sweating everything out of us and then trying to pump it back in and then doing it again that same day. You know? Yeah. I, I just remember, you know, having my day where I like broke, you know, I, I failed the conditioning test. I've never failed a conditioning test in my entire life. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking I'm a trained division one athlete and I pass out on the field, like literally just laying there and they're still running. So I just remember like, you know, seeing like black and this wow. lady just coming over to me with an ice bucket and just, whoosh. she's like, oh, are you good? Are you good? And I didn't want to look like I needed to be taken back to the training. So I just, I'm, I'm fine. I just need to lay here, you know, right. that had never happened before, but I had, I had been broken like rock yeah. solid. So yeah, that happened. So well, that is, that is the low point. I, uh, I think you'll like, um, try to, there's some, oh, it's my phone. It says the Jason Amico show. Chris started it. For, yeah, I know it started it. But <laughs> I, I am so confused right now. I thought you know when I when I booked this, I think I I still thought you were at Central Time for yeah, some reason. Yeah, yeah, I think you and I. That's the first thing we got screwed up on that Eastern Time and what. Yeah, but my Central. phone's like making noises, and I'm, I'm yeah. on the podcast with him right now. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that that's that's hilarious. Uh, with that background, yeah, I think you'll really like Dan Pena's material then. Oh yeah. So definitely. I'm going to send it to you because he, oh, yeah. he was, he was a ranger. So oh, he wow. was like, he was a ranger before he made his wealth. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You're going to enjoy that. And look, just to just say this, you know, like these, these ranger guys. Okay. Like and, and I'm, I'm not, if you're, if you're in the military and you're listening to this, this is nothing against you. you <laughs> greatest people in the world. Okay. But when I say there was something a little bit like, okay, for instance, he would tell stories of his green Bray days about when he was broken. Okay, like as in like what the military did to break break you to become a Green Beret. They and have they were, to do it. Exactly. They've got, they've got to do it. So his story was about how when you sign to be Green Beret training, when you go to do it, they're allowed to break two bones in your body. They're, yeah, legally, they're allowed to break two bones in your body. So he had guys to where, you know, they would do um, like, I guess they would go through like, you know, uh, training sessions and they would get attacked by other you know, Green Beret sergeants, and they would be beaten. Like, I mean, just rocks, just rocked them, you know, and they'd break their jaws and they would like yank out teeth and stuff and like test them in different ways, you know? So like he would tell us stories about how he was going to try to break us without being like pretty much like, you know, get in trouble, you know? So right. we would take these logs and, you know, you would hike them up hills and you, I mean, it was just hot the entire time. Right. But by the time you play football though, nothing was, was, you know, right. I mean, it's a tough. joke. Yeah. It at was. At that point. Yeah. And, you know, once I got into JUCO, um, you know, I got more offers. He just made me tougher. And then, you know, I got bigger and things just became easier from there. Like the conditioning test in my next school was like a joke. Like I was like, we're going to run 10 110s and squat. This is all I have to do. You know, that's fine. I'll do that. You know, I've, I've been wow. through hell. So. Wow. Yeah. So you trained with him. For yeah. a little bit, or he was he was uh, leading the training at, at one point for you. Yeah, he was my f oh, man. To be honest, with you, that was your freshman year. I just like thinking about that. It makes you cringe a little bit because you, you you're you're being introduced to college football. So at eight, at, like at eighteen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. And now I'm an actor. <laughs> what a story, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's different, you know. No, it's it's really different. It's it's very interesting. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, JUCO, the 
the TV series that you're working on uh, as a producer and as a, right. a, a creative mind behind it. Uh, we were yeah. talking about it a little bit before, and how, what is the vision for it? So I wanted to put light on uh, like this gray space in college football, which is junior college. Uh, junior college is a place where you'll see guys who fail out or even once you just transfer to another big program that you have to go down a level or you have to sit out a year. That's your only options. Mm. You, you, you can either go to like a D1 AA for a year or you go to like a D3 school, play there for a year or junior college. And you come right back up to the next, you know, to that big level play. So that's, that's the only way. So, so if you start off, like I start off at university of Louisiana Lafayette, it's a division one program. They play big schools, you know, all across the country to leave that school and go somewhere after like, you know, being there for a year, you can't just float along to another school. They, they won't let you. It's, right. it's very strange, but like, they, right. they're like, you got to go down a level. So you either sit a year and train at a school or you go down to a junior college and you pretty much sit there and just train and play a little football. And then you go right back to uh, the next, the next stage, you know? So um, I wanted to write a show about the different characters that you see on at this, this little gray space that is junior college. You know, it's a very interesting place. Cause you know, you've got high school kids and you've got division one program players who, you know, possibly could sign with Alabama, you know, mixing in with people who, you know, are just there for shits and gigs. You know? right, so right. it's a very like, it's a very different um, band of, of kind of like men that you would normally see on like a football field. But um, it's, it was just always interesting to me because, you know, my brother and I were one of the ones who actually had the division one offers and you're only, you're only like a few people who actually get them as you're leaving junior college. So, uh, so it was like, you know, we were always thinking to ourselves, this would be like great, you know, a piece of television just to see like the things that go on here that are just like right. wild, you know? So that, and then the college coaches that show up out of the blue, cause all junior colleges are in the middle of nowhere. They're in the sticks. They're like in very random places that you wouldn't expect. No bars, no clubs, no, no fun around. You're just there to play football. That's it. So we, we immediately thought to ourselves, dude, we gotta, we gotta write around this. We gotta do something with this. And I wanted the producer, the producing credit. Like I want to, um, kind of start making my own stuff anyway. Been wanting to do that for years now. I mean, since I was like 22, I've been wanting to produce my own stuff. And so that was, that was the first one that I, I created. And so it's, it's right now it's in the, it's in the works. So we're actually about to go do test shoots actually in the next week. So very cool. Yep. Very That's cool. that. Oh yeah. Uh, film real quick. Uh, any, any, uh, Anything you want to talk about specifically regarding film? Uh, I know that TV commercial work is kind of your wheelhouse and innovative yeah. for sure is very, very commercial oriented. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, just, you know, film, any, any projects they've enjoyed working on or future projects perhaps. Yeah. You know, like I would love to be in more television film stuff, but you know, those, even when things were great, they're very scarce that right. they're like casting leads for like brand new TV shows. So like those, that's what I was kind of leaning into when I was telling you about things that you should know as an actor. Uh, those specifically are, if you get an opportunity to be on a television or, you know, film studio, kind of like a pro project or whatever, and you get to go interview, that's what I'm kind of like 
leaning into when I tell you to learn it back and forth because right. those, right. those even when you watch like the Golden Globes or any of those shows where they talk about their experiences becoming actors or you know switching over to doing those bigger projects, it's very finite. And there's always a ton of people who are competing with you in those rooms. And that's kind of like the edge that I wanted. I wanted to compete with other kids who are in New York and, you know, who had been studying here in California their entire lives. Cause I didn't have that. You know, I, I came up from Ole Miss and, you know, I had to learn on the, on the go. So, um, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted to compete with the kids who were, you know, auditioning for the bigger project. So my only advice for that is, you know, if you get the opportunity, I mean, just the little bit of the foot in the door to where you get in the room to compete, don't ruin that because right, um, right. that's that's such a that's such a blessing one that you yeah. get to do that you yeah. know I mean you got to think about the kids who who will never get that opportunity who will never get the chance to to compete in that that you know or even have the the guts to do it you know so um, that's the biggest thing um, lead that with gratitude first and foremost you know and then uh, don't screw it up try to try to know it back and forth understand the characters like understand your scene. To the point where, you know, you're not just saying the words, you know, like if you have a good understanding of kind of like the motives of the characters and, you know, where your scene's heading, the trajectory of your scene, that's a huge thing that I think uh, then I'll make your audition pop. The fact that you actually took the time to like understand it, not just read it, you know, so that's huge. That's big time. You know, what, one of the big things that I've seen as an advantage over the years in my own career has been to take the risk with the, the, the read and the script. It's almost as if they really want to see you almost self-directing uh, even more. So, I mean, obviously self-directing, but over the top self-directing, like take, just stay committed, you know, stay committed, make a choice. And then it's almost for better or for worse. If they hate it, they hate it. But I've noticed that there's a better chance that they really do like it when you really go over the top. There we go. Look, you, you couldn't have been more right. About Does that something. make sense? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I, hopefully I'm not like making it too rah, rah or anything, but it's like, that's, I've just noticed over the years, don't yeah. just be bold. Even if the choice is to play the character s small, be bold in, in whatever you're doing, just, just commit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, just for your audience it's for the sake that they understand what you're saying you know yeah sure um and let me just try to tell them uh, <laughs> you know because look you're an actor you get sometimes it's a you gotta big, realize yeah, it's a big concept and it takes yeah. years to really get that to to uh to engage right right it, you're exactly right and look like we all want to bring something to the table when it comes to these things that you know you you kind of you, you're picked like you're you're they say okay you know what jason was different for this reason majority of the time it's because you made that decision to go with what you you thought the direction of the scene was going you know that could be like a pike on a certain wording of phrase that could be a smile that you do that man they didn't think that was going to happen you know I've, I've heard about a girl who you know she read a line one way that everyone else is reading it kind of grim yet she smiled at the end of it and that got her the role wow they, it yeah, was like yeah. this twisted differentiating factor yeah exactly so yeah taking that risk to kind of like see it in your own way saying, you know what, like, this is how I read this. And this is what I think this character is going through with this line. And that's the reason what they're doing with the direction of this scene. And then, so I'm going to commit to what I think this is. And then like, you know, running with that, you know, that's, 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 there's a risk and reward to that. I mean, let's not be, you know, 
you know, negative, but you, you also could be completely wrong. You know, I'm right. not gonna lie that that has happened as well, where they're like, Hey, uh, you know, that's, that's not the way we wanted this read at all, you know? And then you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. And then just shifted it. Yeah. In real time or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, you're so right about that though. Like yeah. take, making, making decisions on, yes. on the fly, you know? Yes. Um, and be ready for that random copy to show up when you're going in there, when they get tired of seeing it done a hundred thousand times the wrong way. And they send a CD out to say, Hey guys, just going to let y'all know on phrase three, we don't want this to be shouted at us. That's, that's not what we're going for here. You know, right. and you'll, you'll hear actors in the room screaming and, and, you know, acting with like all this and they're like, and they'll come out and be like, you know, guys, we, we didn't want it this way. You know, we're just gonna let you guys know this needs to be done with another, you know, type of uh, angle and then right. take that blessing for what, right. I, for what it is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not also going to tell you to go last or anything like that, but there, there's been a couple of actors who have told me that it's benefited them showing up late and hearing from other actors who were like, you know, around and, and what they, Oh, Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't and know. I, mean, I, I think, and, and I think so much goes into this beyond the performance. Right. You know, I, I mean, projects get stalled. They get held up. Yeah. Uh, I think investors are pulling strings. Investors may be looking at the tapes. You know, there, there's a plethora of reasons why you won't get cast, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. As long as you're getting work and you're enjoying it, that's – and that takes a long time to really learn that 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 ebb and flow and that rhythm, you yeah. know. Um, it's a it's a very very everybody's gone through so much rejection in this business. The ones that have been successful, the ones that haven't been successful, um, except yeah. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> he's really he's really the only he's the only one where I don't know. He just you know. Uh, the, there might be another, the uh, one, one or two anomalies out there, but he it really is though. But he's but he's he's legit. You yeah, know, it's it's no joke. Yeah, uh, I love Green Lights. By the way, his book. Uh, it's, if, you, if you ever have a chance to read it, was it good? Oh, it's yeah, it's phenomenal. Really, really introspective, and uh, a lot of great things about the industry. A lot of tidbits. A lot of funny stories. A lot of a lot of thought provoking uh, yeah. reads in there. Very cool. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm on a few books now on the whole auditioning process and, you know, different actors' takes on, like, how they yeah. kind of broke into it. You know, uh, there's this girl, I don't know, you know, The Office, you know, oh, Pam. So yeah, Pam, yeah, Pam yeah. Beasley, she, she has a book, like, uh, that character who plays Pam, and she talks about her whole, you know, career from day one of starting out in L.A. Like, I'm talking, like, she goes through – you know, headshots and how her one headshot made a difference versus the other headshots that she had done. And oh, yeah, she goes, moves forward onto, you know, SAG union versus non-union and, and, you know, LA versus New York and how she got her SAG card. And, you know, I mean, really like in depth wow. shows like how she came along with the office and the amount of time that she put in. Cause 
you know, sometimes we got to remind ourselves that this is a career. You know, you, you, you can't just do this one day and say, you know, I, I did two years that didn't work out. You know, eh, acting wasn't for me. You know, that's, that's the majority of people you meet. You know, I can't tell you how many people have come to New York and, you know, they don't want to work another job. They just want to be an actor. And it's like, it's like, buddy, like, you know, this thing doesn't normally hit off like day one, you know, no, you, you got to work no. at this craft, you know, no. and there's a whole, you know, song and dance to what I was just telling you auditioning and, and getting an agent and working with that agent and, you know, your resume. And I mean, there is a whole line of things that have to line up for you to, you know, get your part, you know, and that's what I'm telling you. It's just a blessing to be in the room for like certain projects that you're just like, man, there's some kids sitting in Mississippi right now who, you know, um, you know, where I'm from, like literally like would, would do anything to compete for, you know, whoa, like he gets to go out into, you know, getting into a big production a set where like, you know, there's teams and teams and teams of people developing your show, you know? So that's, that's like such a blessing that you get to do that, you know, and here you are, you know, you're doing all your crafts. You're, you're actually, you know, producing music, you're, you know, performing, you're also acting, you get to do it all. Like, I mean, I'm jealous. I wish, <laughs> I seriously wish I could sing. I, I wish I could play music. I wish I could do what you do on a guitar. Like that, that shit blows my mind. The, the amount of hours I know you had to practice and practice and practice. And yet you can just effortlessly like look away from your guitar and be like, that shit's so cool to me, dude. I'm like, well, it's Damn. weird, man, because the, the, the more you do it, the, the less you look at it, the more, yeah. you, and the more you look, the, 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 the less magic there is. It's very strange. Is so, that right? Yeah, apparently, at least in, in my, in my experience, it gets to a point where you start thinking and it starts, it starts getting weird. Yeah. So yeah, but it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I really am. Like that's such a skill that I I've seen my dad practice the guitar for the last four years. And I mean, he will spend like hours on like a melody, like a simple melody, you know, yeah. and you know, just, getting it right and then i see you and like here you are in your 20s you know just shredding out things like like Jimi hendrix on the fly like oh all right now i'm gonna play Jimi hendrix now i'm gonna do some of my stuff that i created on my own but then i'll come back to a classic if i feel like it you know i'll do my riff on this i'm like jesus man like the amount of talent like it had like to do that man it's just like wow like that's that's i tough. appreciate it man i yeah. appreciate it it's so, a lot of uh you know the I think in my own way, just it, it's like drill sergeanting yourself. I always looked at music in kind of a Green Beret fashion of you just got to bang it out. You just got to make it happen. And right. just over and over and over again. And you really squeeze out any drop of inspiration possible out of any life circumstance yeah. and put it and put it into the, and put it into the music. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, and I think the, it goes back to the love and madness of it all. And maybe it's a little combination of the both. Uh, you know, you just love what you do. And that love keeps compounding and compounding over time. And at the end of the day, you just, you know that you have to be doing this. Yeah. There's really no other alternative. And you have to just do it. Yeah. You know, look, here I am. I, I started this when I was like 24, came to city, got a job immediately and started working to kind of like swore myself to like, you know, 
go do broadcasting here, do marketing jobs, social influencing, do all those things that culminate into me living in New York. But at the same time, like, you know, you just gotta, you get in so deep that at some point you're just like, no, I just, I gotta make this work. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're not going to let those four years just go by the wayside. If anything, you're going to double down. I don't know if, if you've ever felt that way, but you're just like, no, nah, I'm in too deep now. There is no, oh, dude. I mean, I've been doing it for 20. <laughs> there you go. There so, you go. You know, and, and that, and, and I'll tell you, the pandemic was a huge, we were talking about this before we were recording, huge uh, life game changer because it really sobers you up quick and it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? What, you know, what are you, are we, are we still doing this or are we out? There you go. And I never worked harder in my life than this year. I never, I mean, it was just like everything just, everything just went over the top. Right. And then I got my answer because I was, I was thinking about dabbling in, Going, I was thinking about going back to school, getting a master's, maybe even a doctorate yeah. in uh, music or music and, and psychology or something to that effect. Right. Uh, or music production. Actually, I got into Berkeley. So I, was, I remember we talked about this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's for music production. Right. But it right, right. still just didn't feel right. It still felt like, now I don't want to call it a cop out. It just didn't feel like the right timing to, to do something like that. Like I have, no, I've got more creative churning in me. I, I've got, there's, there's something else I've got to do here. I've right. got, I've got to keep grinding it out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I love Ber like no disrespect to Berkeley at all. It, they're right. It, exactly. It, it's a great institution. It's just, when the world starts shutting down like that, it makes you think it does. Know, do, do I, what, if I'm going to drop 50 grand into something, where is it going to go and what am I going to do? And the priorities, they, they align themselves. Did, did you ever, uh, cause a lot of this was my way of thinking. I don't know. This could just be me. I don't know. But I, I, I immediately think to myself, like, I think my dad got me into this way of thinking, but like 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Right. Oh like, yeah. You know, yeah. my whole life has been like that and they can yeah. be in trouble sometimes, but I think ultimately, ultimately that is a good perspective to have. Right. Sure. But yeah. sooner or later, you're going to be sitting there and say you are that 40-year-old man who looks back on yourself and you're like, you know, at some point, like the guy who went to school, it's like, great, you did it. You, you, you made yourself a little bit of a career. But like that what if is just going to eat you away. Oh, yeah. It, it's and, going to be so much worse. And oh, like, yeah. You know, I haven't had that yet. Like I haven't had that one day where I was like, oh, what if I, I haven't had that yet? You know, and me I neither. have a feeling, you know, like, cause I'm yeah. still fighting. Thank for something, God, you know? man. Yeah. Me, me neither. And I mean, of course there's like little things, right. But you find out later that, uh, they're actually kind of petty, right. You right, know? right. Or, or the love for the craft, which is a at least in my life, the love for the craft superseded or over it over. It was an oversight above anything else. So it was always, everything went towards that. Right. As far as, you know, chilling or hanging or you know i dude i i can't believe i'm gonna say this like i but i am i was just talking about the other day it came up in conversation but i actually i ditched my prom date in high school <laughs> for for a gig 
No, I literally, I, it was, it happened. I didn't do it the day of, I'm not, I'm not, oh, that, see, I'm not that much of a monster, wow, but that's cold stuff right there. No, 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 no. But it was, it was at least like five days out. And I was like, Hey, um, she didn't pick up. I left a voicemail. So that was, that probably wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> 16, yeah. 17 years old, you know, me thinking back 10 years later, it's like, yeah, that, that probably wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, but you know, whatever. So it was a whole thing. And we're still in touch. Like I, we, we catch up once every couple of years, but it's, but, but those are the things like what, you know, where, where's the passion? Where's the heart's desire? Are you in, are you out? And and these things, I feel like they just, you know, it's, if it's in your DNA, man, whether you find out like you did when I was a toddler or whether you find out after green beret football and you're in your twenties and you find it out, right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're like a modern day, uh, runaway bride, you know, if you will, <laughs> I'm messing with you. no, but I mean, that is, that's actually one hell of a story though, to be honest with you. Like you talk about my story, but like, I mean, it just says Jason D'Amico, like all over, like, think about that. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, think about it. I mean, that, that's, no, that's I, I, I'm that, just that, now that thinking scenario. about it. It is kind of funny. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, no, it's actually pretty extreme. It's, it's it is. somewhat hardcore. If it I think is, about yeah. it, I mean, that's actually kind of ridiculous, but I don't know how you haven't written a song about that. Honestly, that's fucking dope. That, honestly. that you got a point. You do there's have a, a lot. Point. There's a lot there is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's, it's just very, it's very much you to be like, oh, you know what? Well, this yeah. And this has been, this has been the, this is definitely been the year of more i mean so much self-discovery uh being at rest like it's kind of an interesting way to say it but befriending the demons a little bit it's interesting Uh i'll go with that whatever i mean just not being afraid of it like not being afraid of you know things that have happened in the past and missed opportunities or missed opportunities because i i at the end of at the end of the day so far, when you look back on your life and it's like, ah, I should have did this, should have did that. Well, I don't know. Cause I, I, I wouldn't be me. Yeah. I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't be me right now. Right. And uh, you know, as long as you're, if you're better off than you were the day before, I, I don't know if you could really get any better than that. Yeah. I mean, that's some deep shit right there. To be honest with you. Well, this I is mean, where I sit all the time, man. So <laughs> Oh, okay. trying to lighten up over the years. That's another thing. Like I no man. I had people come up to me. They, they would come up to me and they'd be like, you know, you got to kind of like lighten up a little bit. Really? And at the time. Oh yeah. At the time I was like, nah, I'm good. Like no, nah, Cause I just was, I was all into the existential and really expanding my thought process. And then, oh, I see. but now I look back, it was like, yeah, I probably could have lightened up. <laughs> huh? We got there. We're, we're here. I, I think I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, I find <laughs> it hard, honestly. But um, but to to be too shoot straight, like you, I also see people on trajectories. Like I'm like, I, I can't see them being a, a car salesman, you know, right. and, and like doing right. what they're doing. Like it's just not gonna work, you know. I, I see you playing a guitar, and I tack on, you know, ten years to that. And I'm like, that man's gonna be somewhere with that fucking guitar. Believe it or not, I mean, whether he's touring with, I don't know, some band that. You know, we do know, don't know. It doesn't matter. He's right. passionately playing and that's what he loves to do, you know? So I, I you know, you look, t- like I said, 10, 20, 30 years down the road and you are that, that man who's standing there and you're like, yeah, well, am I sitting there being the guy who's going to be just full of that what if in his head nonstop? Maybe I have a beautiful wife and a kid. Cool. Great. Awesome. But at the same time, like, you know, you got one life to live. 
And that one thing you're passionate about that you can't stop thinking about is going to be sitting on your mind now. And that's not going to just go away. You know, like you, you being involved in your music and the way you play passionately practicing to where no one's around and you're playing, that's not just going to drop. You know, there's, that's just not going to just go by the wayside. Meaning if you're not doing this, you're going to be thinking about it and that's just going to keep compounding. And I think that feeling is going to be 10 times worse than the feeling of, you know, making a few sacrifices in the next 10 years to achieve that goal. Right. Yeah. You know, missing that prom date, you know? <laughs> right. So well, that, yeah. And, and it, and it just show, in, in big picture, it just shows the commitment. Exactly. And, uh, you know, but you question it, you, you question your sanity. You will question your sanity at, at, at times, many times. And, but I think, I think every, anybody who really has, has done that. Yeah. I think it's normal. But, it, you know, how quickly all the bullshit goes to the wayside when you do make it. When you, you know, all, when those, it, all those people who were like, you know, like, oh, you know, like Jason was playing that guitar all the time. It was like somebody catches that guy saying, well, you know, Jason's on tour right now. You know, he's yeah. doing what he loves. Yeah. And that's all he does now. He doesn't, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't worry about the bullshit that you're worrying about that nine to five. You know, he's not, he's not worried about, you know, all those other things that you co-signed for. He's, he's traveling with the one thing that he loves to do in life, you know, with other people who are passionate about what they do in life. You know, what, what is better than that ebb and flow of like doing what you love and getting paid to do it, man, fuck. Getting paid to Yeah, I mean, it gives me chills just, just talking about it. Literally, yeah. because it's almost like you feel a little guilty. I hate to say it, but it's, but you know, you, you listen to the, the to the Gary V's out there. He uses the guilt as drive, which I think is a beautiful way of looking at it. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get to I get paid to do what I love to do, so I'm going to do it ten times better than anybody else because it's a gift. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it 110% every single time. Yeah. You know, um, no, I mean, it's, this is a great conversation, man. I, I don't even, I haven't even looked at my notes in the last 20 minutes because this is just, well, I mean, you know, sooner or later, it's, it's good to, it's good to, you know, think in that way, you know, like I don't see Jason D'Amico as like you today. I never did. I see videos of you and I'm like, Oh man, he's going to be great. He's going to be fucking great. Like, dude, like, that's why I see people. Like, I see people. I that's see my brother awesome, cooking man. in the kitchen, and you know, I see what he's doing. I'm like, dude, he's going to be great. He's yeah. going to be great at what he does. He's going to be great, you know? Like, you know, yeah, he, there could be some things that need to be cleaned up. For all I know, there could be somebody listening to your riff not the same way I do, and he's like, yeah, maybe he needs to clean up this scale a little bit. That's fine. Cool. He's practicing, though, you know? Right. Tackle more practice. Cool. That gets straightened out. Give it a few more years. Somebody sitting there listening going, fuck it. This, this is some shit. This guy is, is playing better than the last 20 guys that we've seen on the road coming to North Carolina. You know, you, you just, you never know. I got, I got to ask you this then where, so there there's, I'm hearing really great optimism out of you and I always have, uh, but I'm, I'm hearing even more now. It's a really great attribute. Uh, and I've been diving into it myself, especially the last year, yeah. really pushing optimism. I mean, cleaning up, auditing, 
thought processes, what comes out of my mouth, all of it. Like, I mean, really, really trying to do cleanup. Yeah. And I'm just curious where, uh, Maybe it's a spirituality sense. I'm not sure for you, but would love to hear your thoughts on it, on, on positivity, optimism, gratitude. Where, where do those values come from? Was it more of a, a self-discipline thing or family? Yeah, I, I, th- I think I got more positive around my dad. Um, my, da- okay. my dad had like probably like, you know, broke kid, grew up in New Orleans and then, you know, you know made a life for himself. But um. I would say like, it's good to practice gratitude, man. Like yeah. that's, that's what I'm hearing. I listen to Gary Vee as well. I listen to Lewis house. I listen to all these guys who kind of like, you know, kind of made their little, you know, way into, you know, finding their career path and doing right. what they love right. and getting paid to do it. That, that means a lot, but yeah. you know, they all talk about gratitude like yes. over and over again. Yes. You know, sooner or later at some point you're going to sit there and be like, I don't know if this happens to you, this happens to me. I'll be like, man, fuck, I suck today. You know, like, you know, you'll, you'll be down on yourself, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. But then you flip it and you're like, but then again, you know, there's some positives to who I am as a man, you know? And obviously you have a hundred of them just around you. You know, you do things that, you know, not a lot of people can do, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, and those are, those are good things to cling on to, to be honest with you. Like at the end of the day, when you walk out of your house, you're like, I've got X, Y, Z going for me. Um, you can't take that from me, you know? Uh, and, and it's good to, to have those things like, you know, gratitude daily. I mean, they could be shit. I remember I was for a full week. I was grateful for my bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I went home and stayed at my parents' place for like a weekend and I got back to, you know, living, you know, in New York and uh, I was in my bed and I was just like, holy shit. Like this bed, man. Like, <laughs> damn, like who's got a bed like this, you know? But I don't know. A little bit of gratitude each day does not hurt at all. And dude, yeah. you've just got a lot of it. You know, you've got a lot of things going for you. So I, I don't see why that. not. So, you know. I appreciate it. There and, you and go. You, and likewise, right back at you. You know, Trying. Uh, there's yeah. definitely a reason why we met. Yeah. For sure. Obviously. Yeah. On that random, you know, and I, I mean, I came in out of town for that audition. That was a, I think that was like a, is that a callback? Yeah, you did come into town for. I think you got called in uh, by. I think we both got called in by Mickey Sherry because that's the guy. Because yes. he works with you directly. Great guy, honestly. But uh, he yeah. works with you directly. I work with him through my my head guy, which is Mickey. Uh, Mickey. Uh, I mean, not Mickey. Um, <laughs> Ford. And so he. Ford, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he put me with Mickey, and he was like, "Hey, you know, keep keep in touch with Mickey every now and again. Check in, whatever." Out of the blue, he sent me that, and I just remember it was like. Man, this is right behind my house. Like I'm, I'm gonna head over there right now. I mean, you were standing there, so yeah, yeah, I remember that. That that whole experience. cold, whatever November day, you know, windy Wall Street. Yep. Wall Street, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, you know, it actually it's, it's freezing here. I, I don't know how it is in North Carolina. It is. Uh, this has been the coldest winter as far as consistently. Absolutely, yeah. coldest winter. Yeah, it's cold, man. It's and look. Yeah. Tomorrow's supposed to be 50 degrees, so once again, gratitude. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, future plans for you. What do you got coming up? I mean, we've talked about Juco. We've talked about the podcast. Anything yeah. else in the works? Any, you know, you know, five, ten years down the road, what are, what are we thinking? So after I do I, – look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'd give it three months, and I'm wrapping Juco. I've literally – that's okay. one of those uh, – 
like passion and purpose, you know, little projects where I'm, I'm going to drill it into being done. Like I'm, I'm planning on pitching that in the next three months, obviously. Cause um, after, right after that, I'm shooting another show, which follows college uh, tailgating. And it's more, that's more of like travel television, which is something also that I'm randomly passionate about. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> uh, my, my brother and I, we don't drink as much as we used to in college. Obviously that kind of like, that part of you kind of dies a little bit where you're just, you know, drinking with your buddies like around the clock. I don't know. So we got really into the food scene here in New York. And so uh, that turned into, you know, why there isn't this uh, project following the culture and food that revolves around uh, college tailgating. So we started that and uh, I'm, I'm pitching that right after my, my junior college project. So those two projects I'm, I'm looking to have in the works this year. So I'm, I'm throwing everything into those. Sure. Yeah. I get an audition every now and again. I'm going to go to it, attend, shoot any, which I can work with definitely some more brands on socials and, you know, have my Goliath going and then my side jobs, but yeah, just working, man, just trying to get something floating, you know? Awesome. that's awesome. it. That's, that's what you'll see Chris Frigo doing for the next, uh, the next, I'd say three, four months. Yeah. Know, I'll send it to you when it's done. Please do, man. Please do. Yeah. I've got a, a fun little thing that we like to do here uh, called cool. the shootout. All right. And uh, I'll say a word that's industry related to the guest and you just say a word or phrase back, you know, off the top of your head. That's so, interesting. That's interesting. No, no judgment zone. I so love this. Happens. All right. Cool. Cool script uh reads producing uh producing fuck that's all <laughs> <laughs> what like just right off the top producing yeah. uh lights and camera that's what i think about cool uh lighting lighting uh showtime you know i thought a blue wall now <laughs> that's all now now that's going to be plaguing me it's going to be haunting me oh man uh acting acting uh fuck, nerves uh, that's what i think yeah. about sometimes the acting just like show nerves before going yeah, on yeah man you know and, and real quick uh what actually yeah let, let's talk about that for a second any self remedies any anything any advice uh i mean look i've been doing this for well over a decade i mean t- two, 20 years i started as a you know a very very young person still yeah. deal with it so i mean yeah. any anything on your end, as far as advice, uh, I'm gonna, look, I don't think they really go away, but how do you, yeah. how do you deal? I, some, some people say they're a good thing actually. Cause uh, if you look at it, there's this great Ted talk on nerves and how it's your body acting on complete and utter edge. Like mm. everything is firing at 120%. And that's right. why you're kind of like your heart rate's jumping. You're, you're, you're like buzzing, but really if you could just throw that into your character, this best possible, I mean, that's, that's hard to do. Cause sometimes I don't know. You, you might sometimes get the, characters the exact opposite of the that. Opposite of that. Yeah. Like, you know, you could be the cool athletic guy and you know, he is not supposed to be firing on all cylinders. He's supposed to be kind of laid back and just kind of like, you know, doing his own thing. You know, he just needs to say a few lines and just be that guy. But like, you know, I'd say the best thing you can do is just do your best to think about um, the thoughts of your character. That's what they've said in a lot of the classes I've taken. So you know, Interesting. Being in that oh, that's cool. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and look, to be honest with you too, it's getting a lot easier because you were not in the room anymore, you know? Right. So, right. I mean, now if you, if you've got a way to calm yourself in your own little setup, do that, you know, play to your strengths. Now we're not really in the room anymore. Take you your know? clothes off, run around. 
right before get that zoom call. <laughs> get comfortable in that zoom room where that street that you know you hey, wear it's only, to. it's only headshot right yeah 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 <laughs> you know get real go you know find find a way to like you know find that comfort zone and bring it to the the casting room that that is yours now you know? yeah so, that's yeah. great uh commercial commercial uh oh uh quick copy a yeah. little copy they give you like right before you go in yeah. that's all i think about the third the 30 second one yeah memorize this yeah tv um i don't know why i'm thinking ozarks right now <laughs> great that's show. A new one right i mean it's been out for a couple what a year or two years now it's- yeah yeah, I mean, there, there's some controversy there because, you know, they they cut it off randomly. They just stopped it, and people were like, wait, what? The show is amazing. And then right, right. now it's coming back, I guess. I don't know. So. My uncle got me and my dad into um, uh, Queen's Gambit. Is that right? Yeah, it's good, man. <laughs> it's, That's awesome. It, it sucks you in. You should check it out when you get a chance. Yeah. Uh, film uh once upon a time in hollywood I yeah, don't know I, yeah that, that just up. came out too right yeah really yeah, great i got I, I think actually i think we have that in netflix it's just been sitting around so we gotta we gotta we gotta check that out i've heard check, it's very good yeah it's tarantino. Check that out. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and look just to add on that there's this documentary on quentin tarantino and every movie that he's done by the cast and the people that work with him on all of his sets like even the actors and it's it's like it's crazy. When we talk about people who are passionate about doing stuff with their life, that man is passionate about oh, making yeah. films. Yeah. Like, you know, so that, that, that's good to see too from, from, from an actor standpoint as well. Cause like, you know, they talk about like working with him, what it's like to be on set with him, you know, what type of person he is, you know, how real he is with everything he does, like just no filter. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. So that's a good one. It's called Q it's called QT eight. The first eight really good. Right. So, well, because this was his ninth film, correct? Yeah. So they do it on the first eight that he did. And then, you know, obviously, yeah. Once right, 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 right. Well, yeah. I mean, have you seen all of his? Every movies? single one of them. Okay. I'm a big, I'm a big, I still haven't seen all of them, but I'm a big Tarantino fan. I yeah. think Hateful Eight is still my favorite. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I love yeah. Pulp Fiction. It's obviously classic, but I mean, Hateful Eight was just like, from a, just complete soup to nuts. The way the way it was shot, how they used that that giant ratio of film, yeah. and just brutally in the middle of you know civil war, like all the different depths of characters and right. and plot lines. It's just really real. Like just talking about it now, I want to go see it again. Yeah, so yeah. good, so I, good. I think you would really, really, especially because you're an actor. I think you because it it takes. You know, it's the backstory of an actor. Once upon a right. time in Hollywood. Right. I mean, I think really when you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, thank God I watched that. Like, you, yeah. you're, you're going to be – it's one of those movies that you're going to immediately want to watch maybe two or three more times. I've that's, seen it seven that, times. That's next, that's next on the list. Oh, that's yeah. That's definitely and next on the list. Right down your highway. Because, like, I mean, talking about the actual industry, talking about, you know, him reading lines, you know, and, like, shooting scenes around, like, other actors who are on set, behind mm-hmm. the set. It's great. It's really, really good, actually. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, podcast. Uh, Jason D'Amico. Ah, that's, I think that's the first time, man. Yeah, that's there cool. you go. That's awesome. Well, podcast doesn't really come up because we, we uh, out of the, the guests that we've had on, maybe 
two or three of them have podcasts out of the, you know, I'm 110 at this point. Yeah. So, uh, and you're one of them, wow. but that's the first time that that's come up. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. There you uh, go. I appreciate it. Uh, New York city, uh, buildings, tall buildings that make you feel so small. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'll add, I'll add one more here that, uh, before the last one football, uh, rusty wit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one. Most important pizza. Ooh, pizza. Okay. Prince street pizza over in, uh, where I, my first pl- apartment I lived in, in New York city, uh, was with my sister in Soho, New York city. Like, uh, like quite literally like quintessential fashion industry, you know, um, right down the street. Actually, you know, little Yachty, the rapper, right? Heard of him. Yeah, he's he's just this random rapper, and uh, he he actually the pizza's so good he bought the place for like Assad like two weeks to do a promo there. <laughs> yeah, promoted his album by just putting his name Little Yachty's Pizza, took it over, and uh, was just made his own boxes and T-shirts, and that's where he promoted his album. It, that's actually interesting. Yeah, yeah, fun little story on that place, that's but really good pizza. Yeah, they have a place yeah. called uh, they, I mean, a pizza slice is called the Palermo, Palermo, Palermo slice, and uh, I've never had this before, but it's it's really Italian. It's like a specific slice of pizza where they Palm, Palmero, up. I think Palmero. Yeah. yeah, 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 and they like shred up like onions and butter and all this stuff, and they lay it on top of the pizza and they grill it. It's, I mean, it's crazy Out of this world, but, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not us watering now. <laughs> but yeah. It's awesome, man. I got one more question for you that I ask everybody at the end, which is if you could go back in time to your 15 year old self, knowing what you know now, what'd you tell him? Strap in. <laughs> yeah. Strap in. It's Strap in before Rusty gets to you. Strap the fuck in. Yeah. Like I look, look, literally, I think about that all the time, actually, like going back before like any of this shit bumpy fucking ride to be like strap in son like 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 you know like say you had like a kid or whatever and like he was to do exactly what you did yeah it's yeah. almost like you would be like you know what man like for, for me i don't know about you but i would i would literally just be like you know pin the ears back strap in and just keep on going son like just keep on going you know yeah because so, many of days many of days where you know you'd be sitting there you just be like man this is this is this is shitty. This is yeah. not, this go, is not go to, Yeah, it's almost like go to medical school or something. Just right. Please don't do yeah. don't do what what I've done. <laughs> but obviously, you know, I mean this this is it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. I mean it's a total shit show. But yeah. it's the, it's the greatest thing in the world. I, I mean literally who 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 gets to do this? Not many people. No. Dude. You know. No. I mean honestly like Right now, I'm thinking about specifically a conversation I had when I went home. And I remember telling a kid that, like, you know, I don't have the wife, the kid on the way, the fucking, you know, car or anything like that right now. But, like, you know, I'm doing this. And he was like, wait, what are you doing? I was like, you know, I'm acting, going to gas room. He's like, man, that's that's some shit. And I'm like, that is some shit, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, just acting in New York, you know, and working, you know, doing campaigns and shit. And he's like, all right, cool. So it's different. It's different. You know, it's a, it's, you gotta know who you are. You gotta yeah. know that inner value system. And, um, it, it's funny, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be a little candid here for a second. And before we wrap up, uh, I've been, you know, 
quick story. So my buddy gets a car and he's had a lot of cars. He's a mechanic, but he gets a, uh, a nice Beamer. And, uh, I was like, Hey man, you know, nice car. He shows up to one of my shows, drives up. Uh, you know, I was just curious, like, what's your monthly on this? He's like, eh, uh, it's like two thirty. I'm like, 230 bucks for a luxury BMW. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was used like 2014, uh, yada, yada, yada. We put like a couple grand down on it, blah, blah, blah. And dude, I mean, uh, 27, 27. This is the first time. I mean, the light bulb went off in my head. Oh, like I could just go like buy a nice car if I wanted to. I, I, I'm still flabbergasted by it. I mean, I've, this, this is the fifth time I've probably told this story in the last two weeks. Yeah. And every time I say, it's like, I just still can't believe. And it goes back to what we were saying before. Where, where is it? Where's the passion? Right. Where are your pursuits going? And, uh, you know, then I realized, okay, well, it's all in these two rooms over here in gear. That's, that's where it is. I right. mean, it's in 1200 square feet worth of gear. So, uh, you know, it's just, dude, look, you look, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, seriously. Like, like the things that, you know, you, you really see who you are when you just look at your checkbook for like the last, like three months and where your, your spending's going, you know, the things that really matter to you, you know? Yeah. And like, that's just one of the things like you would have never thought to yourself, like, Oh, I'm going to take this money that I could be using for X, Y, Z, the things I care for. And I'm going to distribute it for a car, which, you know, right at this point in my life, I'm like, I could care less about having that car or the, the house or any of that stuff right now, you know, like I'll pay my monthly, in my apartment, I'll make my things work. But like, I'm not dude, to be honest with you, that's been another thing about the, if I could tell you about like, you know, like acting in general, it's like, you know, try to keep your debt down, man, as much as you can. Oh yes. Oh like, yes. Like college football did help me in that aspect. Cause you know, I got those years paid for and like, you know, didn't have like a massive amount of debt coming out, but like, yeah, man, be very wary of the things that you're committing to in life. Cause you know, I've got a lot of friends right now who, you know, their, their jobs aren't the most elegant jobs, but the fact of the matter is they've got debt out of the fucking ass because they just committed to things that they thought what, what they really needed, the BMW, the house, the, you know, I'm married at 23 years old. It's like, you know, I'm not going to call that debt, but at the same time, you now have a wife and a kid coming on the way. It's like, buddy, you don't have the time to chase those aspirations and you can no longer give shit to those people who are chasing their aspirations because they didn't commit to those things. So, you know, to the actor who maybe still listening to this podcast right now and, you know, he's young and maybe he's, I don't know, 16 years old and he's following you. And look, I'm going to tell him right now to his face, like, be very wary of your debt. Like, be very smart. Don't spend anything. Debt. Don't date. Don't get married. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But just be very, very wary of like what your, you know, credit cards and all yeah. the things that can easily suck you in that easy win, you know, that, that, you know, I don't know, that pair of shoes that you're ordering, that's going to cost you two fifty today and you'll pay that off later. But yeah, that shit compounds, you know? So I don't know. It's just, it's, you really got to kind of really be focused in on where and when you're, you're doing things with your life, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe you could speak to that on your own, but yeah, for me, if no, I'm talking so to an actor right now, it's great. 
that's that's one that's of those right. things you you should definitely keep an eye on is is how you're spending your time your money you know your side gigs and is there can you like one of the things with the job that that i set myself up with is that you know i book out my hours meaning commercial shows up i need to go shoot in uh new orleans or austin or miami or whatever it happens i don't know the fact of the matter is the guy I work with, he gives me you know, great pay. But at the same time, I tell him, hey, I, I got to be out for a whole week. And luckily, I set that up to where he can say, okay, cool. I booked you out. I got somebody covering you. Right. Go take care of your business. Come back. That in itself is like an invaluable. That's expense. something to be grateful for. Oh, huh. but Man. yeah, let me tell you, every day, that's one of those things where I'm like, shit, like th- those don't come often at all. Right. You know? right. So. There you go. That's acting one-on-one, I think. This, this is great, man. I, I'm yeah. so glad we got this in. I mean, this was like over a year in the, in the making yeah. to make this happen between the pandemic and schedules and time zones. I just realized, and, and I apologize, this was supposed to be at four. Then it happens. It was supposed to be from four to five. It's all so good. We, and, yeah. and it was, well, hey, we're ending at five. It was, it was yeah, two, I two hours, so maybe it all worked out for the good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I was going to go until five, but yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's your interview. Yeah, maybe you could chop some of this out or whatever you want to do with it because that's a long interview. Do you, do you post them all, like the full? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. We Joe Rogan this thing. This is, this is unfiltered. Uh, you know, unless there's a tech problem. Oh, yeah, man. This is there it. There you go. There this you go. It. So I think, I think the longest one yet was Evan Rachel Wood's dad, who's uh-huh. a, a good friend of ours down here in North Carolina. I think it was like three hours. Wow. And something, but yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was, the stories are unbelievable. I'll send you a link. If you have, it'll take you like four times at the gym to hear all of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot. But it's, it's, re- it's really cool. Really do, cool. You, uh, do you bleep out the, 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 the fucks, the shits, and all that shit? No, no, make it a little bit tougher no, for you. There's, <laughs> there, there's no way. There's no way in hell. Yeah, I, I, I'm not hiring an intern to do it. There you go. I'm not doing it. Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, life is life. So, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> That's it. Uh. So your social handles, uh, yeah. walk everybody through that. Again, we're going to have it in the description box. Uh, yeah, yeah. For those, of that, those that are driving or whatever, you know, can't write it down right now. Yeah, look, you can go find me. You type in Chris Frigo, F-R-I-G-O on IG. My name will pop up. I'm the only one in there. I think there's an F between that, but Chris Frigo on IG. And then you'll find everything you want from there. I mean, I mean there, I'm sure there's like a link tree on there or whatever else. But uh, yeah, like – all the thing, all the campaigns I've done, even links to like some of the commercial stuff I've done. And then, yeah. So you could find me on there if you want. Goliath podcast with Chris Frigo, easy to find. It's also linked on there. So yeah, just find me on IG. I'm, I'm big on IG. I like using it. I think it's very helpful for, like you said, like that's what you and I do. We, we DM people. We, Ask them if we get some of their time and shit, it works. I mean, uh, the, we the, talk more, you and I talk more on the DM than we do through text. That's right. Hilarious. That's right. I just thought about that actually. Yeah. 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 So I'm, yeah. I'm always in different people's DMs being like, you know, can I, get, like, <laughs> can I get 12 minutes of your time for an interview? You know? So that's, that's ideally how I would say, like, I want to say upwards of 30 of mine have happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
So yeah, ninety percent, ninety percent of ours are are all through cold DMs or warm, you know, at least a warm DM, but still, all all the same. Good deal. Well, well dude, this has been great. Uh, so blessed to have you on, and grateful. Thank you for taking yeah. the time. And, yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Of course, yeah. man. Uh, looking forward to catching up more. And you guys have been watching, listening to the Jason Amico show. Uh, thank you so much. iTunes, uh, Simplecast, iHeart, Spotify, all the great distributors out there and those platforms for having us. And we will see you all on the next episode. Peace.